This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Now, my guest today is Suzanne Spanner. Did I say your name right? You actually said it perfect. That's amazing. Excellent. I cheated. I went to your LinkedIn profile and li- listened to it. You didn't even it. practice. Oh, you listened to the audio. That was so smart. Don't <laughs> hey, you love you know, that audio trick? I love I, that they did that. I love that too. And I love how yours also says, thank you for checking out my profile or something like that. That's that's pretty cool. So why don't you take a few seconds here? Tell us exactly who you are and what you do. Okay. So that's kind of a trick question. Um <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I started off in hospitality working in hotels, and I like to coin myself on LinkedIn, the Hotel Insider. For the past 10 years, I've been running my own business, Meeting Matchmakers, where I was matching clients with venues for their live events. So since COVID, my whole business crashed, and I have been reinventing myself and basically rebuilding the business. Now I'm learning virtual space. I've done a few events in what we call the purple virtual world. A few friends of mine started their own virtual platform and I've been their meeting planner for their events. And I've also been helping do project work for lots of amazing friends on LinkedIn. So when you talk about how you never know who you're going to meet or what you're going to do, a few people, um, they had seen, you know, the travel industry is down and they reached out to me and said, do you want to help me with this project or that? So just been kind of doing a little few side hustles and, you know, helping one friend try to grow his custom software platform. And someone else was launching like a big, huge project. And I helped them kick off their sales training and just getting the word out. I've really loved the LinkedIn networking I've done in the community I've built. So whenever someone has a project, that's kind of where I am right now in between things. Yeah, this uh, COVID thing just exploded our world. My wife was in the travel industry as well. She sold cruises, and of course, oh, no one's cruising now. No. Um, and I, I'm Cru- a little cruises were probably hit the hardest, don't you think? Because of yes. so many people catching it on board. Yeah, and there's I no place so to go. Bad. Yeah, there's no place to go. Yeah, and I am really shocked. I am really shocked that Disney World and Universal in Florida opened up. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? First of all. You know, going to Disney World and having to wear a mask, I'm like, people save up for their whole lives to go to Disney World. Yeah. And then you got to wear a mask. You're taking pictures in front of Cinderella's Castle in the mask. I, I don't think they should have opened. I think we should have opened other parts of the country before we opened the amusement park. That's my opinion. Um, But they didn't consult me. But, yeah, the travel industry took a big hit. Of course, yeah. hotels, airplanes. I mean, this is since 1918. Nothing's ever happened. And back no. then we didn't have the travel industry we have now. That's totally spot on. And we went in November, my oldest turned 10 to Disney World. And I I can't even tell you how grateful I am that we went on that trip. We were debating, should we go? Should we wait? And I said, well, after he's 10, he might get bored of it. And we had never been as a family. So it's definitely, it's devastating what's happened to the travel industry. A lot of my friends were furloughed from the hotels and now many of them have been laid off. And you know, there's obviously so many people um, unemployed right now. It's just, it's a tough time. So it is. I think that I think that's how we really connected. I put up this post saying how I've put my faith really in God to help me through this challenging time. And I was comforted by your comments saying you've also been, you know, relying on your faith and reading the Bible. You, you know, are obviously a very spiritual person. And these are the types of connections that I want in my life. So when you asked me to join you on the live, it was an easy yes for me. I I don't always say yes to these types of things just because sometimes I don't know people's motives or, 
you don't always have time, you know, like I had the kids home for six months with homeschooling and everything else. So um, I'm grateful it worked out. And today is happens to be, I mentioned in my post, the anniversary of my grandmother's passing. So it's just mm. a very special day. I feel very wow. close to her today. So. Well, I, I've got good news for people. Uh, we are going to get through this. I don't know when, but we are going to come out the other side. This is not yep. going to wipe out the human civilization. And we just need to, you know, just keep positive. You know, you're going to have good days and bad days. We're going to ebb and flow. But what yeah. was really interesting is when I asked you what was on your heart to talk about today, you said four things, life, gratitude, kindness, and giving. And I think in this time when so many people are hurting, I think we need more kindness in the world. We need to be giving more, maybe not monetarily, uh, a simple FaceTime call would help or uh, a text message saying, I'm thinking of you or praying for you, yeah. or whatever that I think we need to embrace that more. So why don't you talk us to, talk to us a little bit about why you wanted to talk about that in the live today? So I think there's a lot of people right now struggling and, you know, unfortunately I think the suicide rate is probably going up throughout this pandemic um, a good close friend of our family took his life two years ago. So I started a suicide prevention group and I've been sharing the group link quite a few times over the past number of months since March. And the reactions I've been getting in the private messages, I just see people are hurting and in pain. They don't necessarily want to be very public about it. So I'm choosing to use my voice and be public for them and tell them they're not alone, that other people are hurting in pain and they should reach out and get help. Um, you know, one of the hashtags I really love sharing and using is kindness matters. And it mm -hmm. ties into this whole concept that, you know, being kind, like you just mentioned, calling someone, texting them, reaching out, it really doesn't take much time. So you could say you're so busy and your life is so busy, but really at the end of the day, you always have an extra minute to give to someone, um, to lend a helping hand. You know, I have a friend right now that's raising money for an unbelievable organization. And she asked me if I would build a campaign page. And I just said, yes, right away. I don't know how many people are going to donate. I'm happy right now. I've raised about a hundred or $200. I would like to raise a couple of thousand dollars for her. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. Like I'm showing her that I value the hard work she's doing for her organization and I'm making an effort. And I think we all just need to make an effort for other people and it will help get out of whatever your own feelings are. So if you're like, like you mentioned about the ebb and flow, if you're feeling down or like the pandemic's really kind of taken over you because it's so isolating and the masks and you're trapped indoors a lot or you're, you know, avoiding people because of the germs or whatever it is, like you could still be in touch with people and reach out and mm -hmm. do something for someone else, even if it's socially distanced or you're being more careful about how you do it. It doesn't mean therefore stop doing, stop giving. And I think it's important for people to remember that. Why do you think that people, when they're struggling, whether, you know, suicidal tendencies or they're just depressed or, uh, you know, they lost their job, maybe there's some embarrassment there. Why do you think people are, I, I don't want to share it with anybody because I feel, do you think it's because they feel ashamed or why do you think that is? I feel like there's such a dark cloud over them. Like it's so such a dark place. Like our friend um, was just feeling lonely and it was such a tremendous feeling that he wasn't even able to get out of himself enough to say it. Like, I feel lonely. Just saying the words, I feel lonely, then that would allow people in his inner circle to reach out more and make sure that he didn't feel lonely. But the black cloud, I feel like, is just so heavy and weighing on a person 
that unless like this per this friend of ours didn't live in Atlanta, didn't live nearby us, but unless you're nearby a person, you don't really recognize it. If it's just mm. like a call or you know, you see pictures of them on LinkedIn or Facebook, whatever wherever people are social media, you don't realize how sad or alone someone feels. You have to like be present. And that's a part of why this pandemic is very hard, because you can't be as present for your relationships and your friendships. In my case, like my none of my family lives nearby. So Doing the FaceTimes helps because you could really read someone's expressions and see how they're doing, but it's nothing's the same as face to face. You know, when you're in person, you could really like visually see this person looks really down and I, I need to help cheer them up or I need to be more available to them. So it's it's a balance. You really, you know, reaching out, you have to read the nonverbal cues. Like if a person seems off. Maybe give it a week, try them again and see, do they still seem off? And then ask them, like, are you struggling? Are you having a hard time? Do you want to talk? Try to help people open up. Yeah, I, you know, when I see people struggling, especially if they lost their job, a lot, like you mentioned earlier, a lot of people lost their jobs. Yeah. And, and a lot of people's self-worth is tied to being employed and now they they're collecting unemployment and then the longer it goes, they go, well, maybe I'll never get another job. You know, I'm not worthy. Who's going to hire me. And it just becomes a, a like a snowball running down a hill. Right. It just gets picked up steam and everyone's worthy. Everyone is worth something. Nobody on this planet is a mistake. And I think it takes people like you and me go to our friends and say, listen, you know, so you're not having a good time. It's okay. You're going to rebound and, and encourage them. Uh, and don't, don't let them like wow alone because no one likes to be alone. They say they like yeah. to be alone. Everyone likes to have someone alone, even if there's just someone there just talking and listen or just listening to them. That's so true. Yeah. And I think people really ultimately crave connection. Yes. And, you know, sometimes it's good. I like to be alone sometimes. You know, I have my side of me that I. I get energy, like refresh myself, but then it's good to reconnect and share and be with other people because ultimately that's what we're here for. We weren't created to live and be alone. We were mm -hmm. not created to be on our own. We were created to help each other to, you know, pour our energies and collaborate and, you know, find ways to, to improve the world, not, you know, just to isolate and be by ourselves. Absolutely. I'm talking to Suzanne Spanner. And if you're watching, I know a lot of people, Suzanne, will watch these and be like, I don't want to comment. We want to hear from you. So leave a question for me or Suzanne in the comments and we will answer them for you on the show. So don't just be a watcher, be an engager. We want to hear you. So leave a comment. So uh, you know, one of the things I hear I've been hearing more and more often as we get closer to election day is people are saying things like, well, we're going to wear a mask the rest of our lives. We're never going to, we're always going to be social distancing. And the first thought that goes through my head is why would you be cheering for that? I mean, I love hugging people and shaking hands and, yeah. and uh, why would you, why would you root against us ever doing that again? And I, cause we are human beings and we love to get, well, most of us love giving hugs and handshakes and stuff like that. And that's why I'm cheering for when we get past this, because I, it sounds to me like you're that type of person and you probably miss it as much as I do. And I just want to encourage people that, you know, if you're around people like that, who are very negative, 
don't first of all, don't get mad at them because then you're going to go down their level. Encourage them. Give them some words of edification that they say, hey, listen, we're going to get through this because maybe they're lashing out saying it's always going to be this way because maybe they're dealing with something. Maybe they're feeling alone. And by you giving words that encourage them, that may give them the strength to say, well, yeah, you know what? I, I can see it. We are going to get through this. Right. I um. I definitely don't want to bring up politics, but I do feel like after the election, we're going to see a turn from this pandemic one way or another. Whoever wins, whatever happens, I'm not going there with politics. I'm just saying I've since this whole thing started, I've been kind of watching how it evolves and it definitely seems politically driven. I do believe that people are, you know, dying from COVID. Um, It's just it's hard to balance what's factual, what's made up. Sometimes the numbers are this, sometimes are that, you know, it's, I'm, I'm waiting till November. I'm really praying very hard (laughs) that the vaccine, I mean, I've heard there's, you know, pharmaceutical companies that are in stage three trials that a vaccine's coming, you know, first I heard October, now I heard November. So everything just seems magically around November. Mm. And I totally agree with you. If people are being negative and, I haven't actually heard anyone cheering for the mask to be long term. I have heard people say they think, oh, we're going to be stuck in these masks forever. Um, I'm with you. Like, why do we have to look at anything as forever? The the pandemic from the the swine flu and all these other pandemics that have been in the past, they eventually simmered down. So Mm -hmm. at some point, some brilliant scientist is going to resolve a way to make people feel safer, more comfortable. you know, I definitely have faith that this is not how we're meant to spend the rest of our lives. Our children are not meant to be in school behind plastic shields with masks on, with their teachers with masks on, where it's very hard to even understand or hear what's flying and, you know, recess, different things. There's so many restrictions. And for me, I, I mean, I look at my kids and I just want them to enjoy, to learn, to have fun, to learn to socialize. Like this is the ages where they should learn to socialize. And they're basically being, you know, kept at a distance from everyone. I really pray that this passes soon for their sake, because this is not a way for children to grow up. It's really very challenging, I think, for them more than anyone. Yeah, we uh, we live in Houston, Texas, and we go to a church called Second H-Town. Baptist. <laughs> yeah, and Second Baptist has their own school. And when the school opened in September, the mm-hmm. students were so glad to get back to school. Yeah. I mean, you think they're like, oh, no more school. They're like, oh, my gosh, I am so glad to be back because they, they've they been out since March. Yeah. And that's a long also. time. And they, yeah. they wanted to be with their friends. They wanted to have some structure. They wanted to start learning again. And and it just goes to show you. But one thing that really amazed me, Suzanne, is when they first when COVID really got really bad here in the States, people said, OK, first of all, wash your hands. And people go wow, that's great. I'm like, wait a minute, you haven't washed your hands all these years? That's that's thing number one. Thing that's number two. I thinking. <laughs> and then thing number like, two. You have to be it, told to wash your hands? Come on. I mean, I'm yeah, not your child. Exactly. And then people were saying things, um, they, that, and they say, well, yeah, you should not go around, around sick people. I'm like, I was always told if you're sick, you don't go out. And so these are not, this is not new. If you're sick, you're not supposed to go out. And I think that because people apparently haven't been washing their hands all these years and they've been going out going to work when they're sick, that kind of concerns me because I, I think common sense isn't always common practice anymore. Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out MrProductivity.com to find out how to be coached by me for less than a dollar a day. 
Get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. Right. It's so true. I mean, you learn from a small age always. If you have a sneeze, get a tissue. Like if you have to cough, cough into your elbow. All the things that we've always heard are still present and there. There's no like major eye opener from this (laughs) pandemic. The only thing is like the whole mask and socially distance but i also i wrote a post about this recently i don't even like the wording whoever decided this was like the way to go because you know everything's about marketing and branding yes so we want to look at it like socially distance you're programming people to socially just to be distant from each other it should have been you know some there's somebody could have really brainstormed and come up with a better concept (laughs) because you could just say you know stay at a safe distance, not socially distance, because socially we should still be close and connected. So they, I don't know, the programming that's going on right now is I think very dangerous and I'm not a fan. (laughs) Yeah. And I I tell people, stop watching the news. Okay. Yeah. You need to, I I have a saying, you know, stay informed, not obsessed. So if someone says, Hey, how you doing with COVID? And you go, what's COVID? Okay, you need to know what's going on. Right. But there are people watching the news like two, three, four times a day, seven days a week. And what they're doing is they're getting all stressed. They're getting full of fear. They're getting anxious. And then they're now it's affecting their mental health and their physical health. Look at just know what's going on. Stay away from Twitter because Twitter's all uh, hatred. Everyone's a COVID expert on Twitter. Everyone's oh, wow. a political expert. So I left Twitter because I, 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 my life is precious and your life is precious. I don't want to hang around people that are dream killers, naysayers and negative people. Cause that doesn't help me any. And if no. I, I, if I feel down, I can't help people who are following me or my clients. And so I just tell yeah. people, look at, get away from the news. They say you're the product of the five people closest to you. So yes. if you're surrounding yourself with negativity, even if it's social media negativity and it's not a close friend, it still has a major effect on your thoughts your actions and, you know, like Mr. Productivity, your productivity is going to go down if you're surrounded by a lot of just heavy, negative, draining things and people. So I'm only on LinkedIn. I keep my focus there because I find it to be more of a professional network. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I stay connected to people that are inspiring and positive and, you know, bringing everyone up. And Thank God there's the feature you could block someone or you could unfollow if you find that it's, you know, going the wrong direction or you could reach out privately and say, hey, you know, I noticed you used to be a little bit more positive. Is something going on? Like Mm. that's the whole reach out. Like if you notice it, say something. I'm talking to Suzanne Spanner. We're having a, a delightful conversation about we're just talking about life and how, you know, we miss the, the you know, the, the 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 close contact with people and hugging people. I, I'm a hugger. When I, when I see people at church, I used to hug people. And now it's like they have the mask on. You got a six feet away. And it's like, you, you know, do you feel like, Mark, sometimes you don't even know who the person is. Like it takes me now, like one to two minutes to recognize who it is. Or sometimes I don't even realize who is in front of me because of the mask. Mm. Well, it covers it, so much of the face. It's yes. like you only have the eyes. Yes. Well, with my bald head, I'm pretty distinctive. But <laughs> what I, because in Texas, one of the things they do in Texas is masks are, are mandatory except for places of worship. So churches, wow. synagogues, and mosques, they're, they're recommended but not required. So our church, I go to one of the top 10 largest churches in the country, and when masks are not uh, required, they're recommended. 
And our worship center holds 5,000 people. We can have, I think, like 600 people in there, all spaced out, you know, every other role and stuff like that. And I'd say probably about 60% of the people don't wear masks at church. And okay. our pastor said last weekend that they track it very curiously. We have five campuses. Not one COVID case has happened since we reopened in March. And wow. I think that's because the people are told, if you're sick, stay home. But um, we're not going to make you wear a mask. You can wear them if you want. But, you know, I for me, I find it very restrictive. So like my wife does the shopping. And so I work from home. So I'm not going to wear a mask at home. I'm not going to wear a mask on this live. But yeah. I mean, if you're out in public, you should probably should wear a mask because you don't know who you're going to come in contact with. But I'm looking forward to the day we can start seeing people's smiles again. We can start giving people hugs, handshakes. I mean, I really like that because that's who I was raised to be. And uh, I don't think we're going to wait that long. I mean, probably after the first year you got to remember even to come up with the vaccine today you have 330 million people in america that's a lot of people to get the vaccine it's just gonna yeah. take some time and i think they should do like the first responders first the people in the front lines you know all those important people first or not they're not more important to us but you know, what, know I'm what i'm saying mean. yeah so they need to get take care first and then you're going to go to the people who are most at risk underlying health condition, the elderly. So people like me, I'm 55. I run every day. I'm pretty good shape. You know, I'm going to be one of the last people and I should be because I'm not as, as a risk as someone who's 75 years old, who has diabetes, they should get the vaccine before I do. Right. I hear that loud and clear. So, yeah. In, in Atlanta, um, our synagogue, all the synagogues in the neighborhood, they're all still making people wear masks. They haven't yet said that you can come and be without it. They actually won't let you in without it. Okay. Now, it's funny that you say synagogue. Now you have an elementary proficiency in Hebrew, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I studied, I studied abroad at Tel Aviv university. So wow. when I was there, I took an intensive Hebrew class, but it was in 1997. So my Hebrew needs practice. <laughs> if you were about to quiz me, I would, not do so. <laughs> well, I'm not going to quiz you, Suzanne. I, 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 I'm I, a big fan of Duolingo, right? So I decided, you know, I'm a big Bible fan. So I'm going to go learn Hebrew. One lesson, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I just couldn't. I mean, it's, I mean, basic Hebrew. I'm like, I tried that with Russian, Chinese. No, I'm sticking with French because French is more like the English language. I, actually, I learned Spanish growing up, like in high school. And then when I was working in the hotels, a ton of our associates speak Spanish. So I took night classes to learn Spanish. So sometimes I'll be talking to someone. I'll try to, you know, get all my Spanish going and I'll mix in some Hebrew words and they look at me like, what? <laughs> so I'm like Spanglish mixed with Hebrew, like. It's just a concoction. Oh, <laughs> that's just, so funny. I just slow myself down. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, one language at a time. <laughs> um, let me ask you this question. I love to ask this question. What do you know today that you wish you knew when you started your career? Let's go back to like age 20. I mean, you look like you're 20. You look like you're really, I can't oh, believe you have, I can't believe you have four kids. What do you three know kids, now? Three kids. Three, three kids. kids okay. okay. Um, your husband's going fourth. No, no, we're just three kids. I made a mistake. So what do you, what do you know now that you wish you knew like many years ago? Any lessons come to mind? Yeah, for sure. So one of the things over time is like learning to just be comfortable in my own skin mm -hmm. and to be myself and not try to be a chameleon and fit in. Um, I think growing up, there were times where I was really good at like standing out on my own and not being worried about it. But then there's other times where people really just are make you so uncomfortable. You just want to kind of lay low and fit in and have friends, but I realized those are not the friendships that were good for me. And throughout, I would say my career, I've learned to just 
stick with people that are genuine and authentic and anybody else can just go by the wayside. And I kind of wish that I had held on to that, like in my younger years, even like in high school, middle school, high school, you know, just, I don't know, not let the bullies bother me or, you know, just who cares? You don't, you don't like me, who cares? Like now I'm, I'm very much in that mindset. And it's funny because like I was telling you about my grandmother. So when she was, um, when she was a bit older, she would just say such crazy things. My sister and I would look at her. We're like, Bobby, how could you say that? <laughs> and she's like, I'm an old lady. I can say whatever I want. Who cares? <laughs> she's like, nobody cares what an old lady thinks. And I used to giggle about it. But I thought to myself, you know what? I could say that now. Like, I don't say anything mean to hurt anyone's feelings. But I definitely don't mind speaking my opinion and saying how I really feel, especially if it's someone I'm close to. Like, I don't just randomly spout out my beliefs for no reason. You know what I mean? To like people who aren't open to hearing them. But I don't know. That's a lesson I would definitely tell people is like, be true to yourself and anybody that doesn't like you, just let them walk on by and just who cares? A rabbi actually, I went to once and I said like this person, they just always ignore me. They walk by me. They don't smile. You're supposed to greet people and smile and be friendly. Like why are they, what's going on? And he's like, you know, they're just not interested in you. Just who cares? Act like you don't see them. (laughs) And it was just very helpful advice for me because I've been doing that now, even like on social media or whatever, you know, just like in general, people, sometimes they just don't look at you because they're in their own head. They, you know, have the issues or something, but other times, you know, there's people that just aren't so pleasant. So what do I need to focus on them and try to get their attention? Just move on by, you know, act like I don't see it or I don't know it. I love that. Those are some things. And you said a word that I I love you brought up is chameleon. I see a lot of people, they're one way with this group of people. They're one this way with another group of people. And I'm like, just, just be yourself. Right. Because if you are always your authentic self, you don't have to remember how you act with this group or how you act with this group. Just be yourself. I see a lot of chameleons, especially in social media. I'm like, just, just stop it. Just be who you are. Right. I've noticed on social media, it's just lately. I don't know if you've seen it where people are like, please follow me, please follow me, you know, engage with me, follow me, whatever. And I just haven't ever gotten into that spirit. I don't see the purpose of it. Like if someone's interested and they want to follow you or connect with you better yet, then they will. So I don't know. I don't like looking at it like it's a popularity contest. Like why, why is everyone in such a hurry? What's the hurry to grow this following? Then what are you going to do with it? Are you actually going to be genuinely interested I mean, for me, I would say I already have too many quote unquote followers, you know, like I liked it when I had a thousand or two thousand people, because then I could actually go back and see like, how's this one doing? How's that one? doing? Now it's it's kind of at a point where it's it's not necessarily manageable in terms of staying in touch mm-hmm. with everyone. I definitely yeah. do my best, but I know that I've like different things have fallen through the cracks. People say, hey, can I jump on a call with you? And you get so many of them at one time. It's hard to jump on a call with however many people, especially like during this pandemic, you know, cause small kids are home and your attention is like spread, you're spread thin. So I, I don't know. That's one of the things about social media. I've never really understood why everyone wants to grow so quickly. And unless you're in a marketing business, then it makes sense to me because that's what you do. You're helping people market their business, but the rest yeah. of us like, okay, it'll happen when it happens. Like there's what's yeah. the hurry. Well, thank you for saying that because a lot of people, especially on LinkedIn, they collect followers and they say, Hey, hit 30,000, 40,000, 60,000, a hundred thousand. And I'm like, 
I'm always about adding value. What right. value is it that you hit a hundred thousand? I mean, I'm happy for you, but how does that help me? I'm trying to help people be more productive. And I don't even know, you know, they say, well, comment on these posts. I'm like, what am I supposed to say? That's going to add value. Oh, you're bragging about yourself. So I never tell people I've hit this milestone because I don't I think don't it's, either. We're it just, doesn't we're add value. Right in line. Exactly. We're right in line. I'm yeah. like, when it happens, it happens. But like, we don't need to talk about it. No. I, I mean, if you want to celebrate and do a Snoopy dance in your house, that's fine. But to create a post about it, I, I just I just don't get it. So um, before we wrap up, let me ask you, is there anything else on your heart that you wanted to share with us before we're done? I, like I said, I just encourage people, if they're going through this time and you feel alone or by yourself, like reach out, reach out, make even a post about it. Like I posted recently, like I've been on a roller coaster ride. It has not been easy you know, watching all the work I've done for the past 10 years, just go right down the drain. I mean, I'm mm. not going to lie. All of my clients canceled their events from March to December of this year. I lost my total income and it took a while for me to put my smile back on my face, but I worked hard every day. I have small children. I have a family to support. I can't just sit around and be sad or be down about it. And I didn't do this. Like everyone that's out there feeling down or like blaming themselves, yeah. You didn't do this to yourself. Like this pandemic came out of nowhere. It came, well, we know where it came from, but right. really like none of us asked for this to happen. And if you're, you know, just beating yourself up, I encourage you not to like push yourself hard to recognize that this is not your fault. Thank you for saying that because I lost a lot of clients in the beginning because they lost their jobs and uh, you know, people are going to prioritize housing and food for the family over coaching. I get that, but I didn't dwell. I just said, I'm going to keep on serving. That's what you're doing too. I really appreciate it. Go <laughs> over to LinkedIn and follow Suzanne Spanner. She is a nice, nice person. I met her just 12 days ago and she's already on my LinkedIn live. She gave you a lot of value here, folks. Suzanne, it was an absolute pleasure. First time Thank we ever talked so in person. Thank, Thank you for much. being on LinkedIn live. Thank you. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Find out how I can coach you for less than a dollar a day. No joke. And also, you can get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens at mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.